before we take our seats this morning, let's go to James chapter 19. Excuse me, my lexdexia is kicking in. Chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. We're going through James for the next several weeks, but every week is independently impactful to your life. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. <laughs> That's not what I normally see. Slow to speak. Let's say that again. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to become angry. It sounds like 2023 America, right? Right? Yeah. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all of it. He calls it moral filth in the evil that is so prevalent. And humbly accept, everybody say accept, the word planted in you which can save you. Can is foretelling. It means it has the ability to. But faith is the door, grace is the doorway and faith walks through it. So it can should you choose to allow it to be watered and to grow into your, your life. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceives yourself, but do it. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it said is, says is like someone who looks his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, that means days forward, you apply it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues. Oh, some people skip this one today. I know it, devil. Nice try. They're not going to be here to hear this. You better tell somebody to watch this one online. Those, 26 again, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. It's worthless. If you don't got control of this, James says it's worthless. That's pretty harsh, James. I didn't come here for truth. I came here for a good time today. No, how many came for both? Truth and a good time. All right. The truth will set you free. Don't forget that. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faithless is this colon to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. As you take your seats this morning, I want you to find three people, shake their hand, give them a hug, high five, whatever you want to do, and tell them my subject is God intended it. Find somebody, tell them God intended it. Come on, it isn't just, it isn't just a thing I'm saying. We, we're going to do what we're saying. We're going to, God intends it. It's he's intended it. We're doing what we're hearing. We're doing what the word is saying. Y'all look so pretty. You don't understand for like five years, I never really could see y'all until we got some construction lights. Before you were just a silhouette to me. The people of God were just a silhouette. I saw different hair shapes. I saw 80s, 90s. I saw 2000 hairdos, but I never could see anything else. Just silhouettes, baby. So it's, 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 it's enlightening to me that there's really humans out here. 
Even in a small setting, it can be deceiving because you feel like you're talking to a, a spotlight sometimes, and you forget that there's someone on the other side of the speaker actually ingesting this thing, and that you remember why you started, that it's not about how it's presented, it's about how it's received. And so if it's not received, the word doesn't go forward. And so you, anybody that knows me knows if we didn't have a lights, I'd still stand here. We'd take my phone light, and I'd keep going. If we'd had microphones die on us before, I'd keep going. Because at the end of the day, the mission is that you receive something when you leave out of here. And the rest is just icing on the cake. It's like the cherry on top. You still want the cake too, you know, even if the cherry's not there. One quick thing I want to share with you that's really cool that's coming to our website soon. How many know that One Seed Church makes original music and it's not bad? It's pretty good. I'm not just saying that. I'm biased. I'm not going to lie. But, but we have original music and we just uh, had our fifth song come out. Uh, anywhere you can find music online, it's there. And um, that one's really cool. And then we got another song coming out in July led by Chloe G. And that's really cool. And um, so what we've been doing as songs progress, we incorporate it into our kids' worship with kids' worship videos. So our kids back there are worshiping the songs y'all haven't even heard yet. And so, so we're speaking God's word through song. Song is the gateway to people's heart. There's a reason we worship before the sermon. It's because when we worship, God opens up the door for his word to get through and so we want to start all the way down in the safari, one to three. Yep, we're starting there with our worship. And we got, um, so I'm sharing all that with you because we've already been doing that. And you wouldn't know because O-Kids have been shut down for a hot minute. But now coming soon to the website, you can tell all your friends in their churches, they can go there and they can take the same worship videos and put them in their worship kids' classes. Come on, somebody. Are you got a pulse out there? We're doing things. This is not the normal run of the mill. We want to get the word out that One Seed Worship, One Seed Church is doing something unique in this community and ultimately the world. It starts with the community, but y'all think it's too big. It's too big because God hasn't shaken your vision enough. God hasn't got you a team big enough to have a vision that big, so it's limited to the scope you've only seen. And if it bothers you that it's too big, God hasn't shaken your core enough because there's nothing too big that God can't do. You got to start somewhere. Have you seen Ferrari and Lamborghini, how they started? They weren't even making cars. All you see is the shiny object. Someone plowed the way 100 years ago. Are you plowing today? Come on, somebody. James says, be a doer of the word. So we're doing all we can within our capacity. And I'm just really excited to share that because it's really cool when you walk back there and you see these little kids worshiping to our own songs. It's really impactful. It's like, wow. So that's pretty cool. But this morning... We, we have a new routine the last year and a half since we aren't mobile where we don't have to be at church quite as early as we used to. It used to be, I used to be at church like at 645, 730. I don't know, it gets earlier each year, Nate. Maybe it was 730. 730. I know it was 730. Had to think for a minute. But um, now it's later, and so there's like a morning routine that didn't used to be there in the G house. And we added a baby about a year and a half ago. She was a year and a half on the, on the 7th of June. And her name is Camilla. Shout out, Camilla. Say something. Hey, good to see you, girl. Okay, so, so um, see, she can talk so good at a year and a half. But there was never a morning routine in our house. It was just right to the trailer. 
me and Nate, you know, that's right, and Vince, Vince and, and just people and Jen, and I, I lost track. I blacked it out at this point because I'm so much happier to be in this stage of the church. That's what we plowed for back then. So now we got this routine, and once in a while, uh, I'll get the baby from her bed. How many have a baby? I know there's a few, and if you don't raise your hand, I see the baby right next to you. <laughs> so you don't have to raise your hand. I believe you anyway because I see it. I see what you profess by the actions of your child being brought to church next to you. And so she's starting to talk, and I don't know if y'all heard her, but she's not quiet, and she's not bashful. And so this morning I go in there, and um, she's standing in her sleep sack. You know, it's got no legs, so she can't really, she can't really move till you take that thing off. And she's standing there, and she's like, Dad! She screams it at me. It wasn't like, Dad, Dad. It was like, Dad, get me out. It was like a command. It was like, Dad, like that. I didn't want to really scream it because I hurt y'all baby's ears, and including my own, but that's what she did. And so I grabbed her, and she's got this little cup, and she's going, she's sipping something, and it's hot. I'm like, oh, this is good. I know what she's sipping. She's sipping coffee. It only took every day for 18 months to get her to know what coffee was. See, y'all don't know, for 18 months, every day when I get her, I take my coffee and I put it in her face, but I don't burn her. I'm like, you want to sip? Mmm, coffee, you know? And she always, she feels the vapor off the heat, you know, the, the, the steam, and she turns and she's like, no. And I'm like, by the time you're two, we're going to be drinking Starbucks together. It's going to be great. And today's the first day she took that toy cup and she did a, she did a, she did a, she had her little sip out of order. She was sipping while the cup was away from her head. I'm like, it's not quite right, but she's sipping coffee. And that was very intentional. It was, Dad. And then she got out, and then she, all the way down the steps. There's not even a handle on that thing. She got, she got callous fingers from holding that hot cup. There's not even a handle on her cup. But she was intentional with what she was saying, and even a little child can be intentional. It's not an accident that she's just reacting. She's thinking. She's saying something. When she's mad, she is saying something. Only God knows, but she is saying something, and it's with intention. How many know God wants us to be intentional? Intentional. God's intent is that we be intentional with his word. So if a little baby can do it, you gotta, you got to quit saying, well, I can't do it because I'm just not gifted and I don't have this. And God said, be intentional. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. So James is, is all about our mouths and, oh, it's going to get good today. Hope you came to get fed today because I would say the mouth is a really strong point in our life of control. And if God can't get our mouth, guess what the Bible says? He can't get our life. And so we're going to go home thinking about what did I say last week? How many said something really bad last week? Can we get an amen? Come on, somebody. I'm pointing back there. Gabe, I was pointing to you. Just kidding. I was pointing to me. We all have our, our slips. But when you have those moments, that is not the will of God. And so James is all about getting us to speak it different so that we can live it different. And the way we speak it right is you got to hear it right. A little baby don't know how to sip coffee unless she heard someone show her. A little baby don't know how to say dada unless they heard someone show them. A little baby don't know how to say mama just because it popped in their head like magic. They heard mama talking, mama talking. And eventually they, re they repeat what they hear. 
If you can't hear it, you'll never speak it right. When someone has a hearing problem, their speech suffers because they can't hear it right. And as the hearing improves, the speech improves. There's a reason God did it this way. So how do our words connect to our intent with God? It's amazing to me how often we recognize that we don't feel joyful. That's an easy one to figure out. We don't feel full of hope, and instead we feel depressed and doubtful. We recognize that, but we fail to see how we speak negatively to everything in and around us. Could that be a factor? We reject ourselves. We speak negatively to ourselves. We think negatively of ourselves. Therefore, we speak it into life with the inability to accomplish our dreams. Instead of remembering, God qualifies who he calls. Therefore, if he called you, with all things, God, are possible. According to his purpose. Don't leave that out. Some people make everything God's purpose when God didn't make it his purpose. That's the danger in finishing God's sentences. That's the danger in talking too quick and not listening enough. That some, some of us get in the habit of hearing God start a sentence and we jump in and finish it. And then we wonder it didn't work out the way we thought. It's because that's God, that's not God there at the end. That was us. Because James is saying if you don't slow it down, slow it down to hear it right, you have already spoken it wrong. How many know just the, the press of a button type of personality? It don't matter what's going on. They say it in the moment. It don't matter. There's no filter. There's no discernment. How many know what discernment is? Discernment is evaluating first. Speak it second. It just, it's just beep, 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 beep. I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of bleeping going on sometimes when they just speak it right away because there's not even, it's reactive, so that have already happened and damaged 10 people before you could have even heard what God was trying to say. And they go, I don't know. I just never hear from God. Well, it's because you talk too loud. Who could hear anything with that kind of volume? <laughs> this is coming from a kid who never shut up. That's this is what I was told. That's how I was told. So I, I would never talk that way. That's how I was told. Who never would stop speaking all the time. Except that's more churchy. That's more church. Y'all came for the the church. You didn't come from the truth today. You didn't come to get real today. Get a little raw with your feelings so God could do something. Who wants to see something done in their heart today so that tomorrow is different? This is not a ritual. This is a gardening session. This is not a ritual where you come on Sunday and you're cleansed. You want to be cleansed, you got to do something to the garden. That's where the cleaning happens. That's what changes the soil. The word is just the word. The seed, one seed can root up a million fruits that change your life like Israel. Jesus was the one seed. But we're, 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 it's easy to speak it fast, but intentionality with God's will, this is good, knows to listen more, speak less. The reality is listening first is the secret to hearing God correctly, correctly. I didn't say you couldn't hear God if you're talking all the time. But if, you, if I just never stop talking on this thing, how can I even think about what's coming next? How can I think about what God has given me? Because i got to slow down. Sometimes I used to preach too fast, and I watched the video, and I realized if I don't slow down, they can't process it back because they're listening intently, and that's good. But if too much coming at you, you can't process fast enough. So I've, I felt that as, as a preacher, 
that listening first with intent leads us into active purpose because if I never hear it right, here it is again, I'll never speak it right. What I speak builds the roots. What I speak, you can, you can defend it all you want, but what you speak is building roots. Good roots, bad roots, healthy roots, not healthy roots. And you can't take it back. That's the thing that really bothered me. When I started looking back at my life and thinking about some of the things that came out of this hole in my face, to know that God heard it, I can be forgiven of it, but I can't take it back. So whoever it landed, I can't take it back. I can say a sorry a thousand times, but I can never undo it. And so words are like a two-edged sword, the Bible says. Words start wars. It's not, it's not the jealousy of the, of the uh, artillery that start the wars. It's the words that start the war first before the battle comes. And so if we listen more and speak less, we will then speak more fruitful because we heard it right first. We will speak more godly because we heard him right first. And, and we're in a world that has no patience to listen to nothing. And they, they ask for help, and they don't want to even listen for the solution. That used to bug me. I used to do IT support, and they say, my stuff's broken. And as soon as you try to fix it, they tell you what's wrong with it. Why did you ask? They're telling you how to fix it. You just got to, let me do my job, lady. And then you do it, and then there's resolution. But there's never a pause, you know. God intended us to be good listeners, and that is a sign of spiritual discernment. Discernment's a big deal. It's a spiritual sign of the discernment of the purposes of God over my life. So will you let God take control of your life by letting him adjust what comes out of your mouth? Will you let him take control of your life by adjusting what comes out of my mouth? That's you. I'm talking figuratively here, not really me at this moment. Like, what comes out of my mouth determines how God can impact my life. He intended it. Touch your neighbor. God intended it. That's, intention. That's his intent, is that you're intentional. And to be intentional, you got to hear it right first. So what are we quick at versus what are we, I call this broken to-dos. How many have like a list of things that they keep putting off? And then they have the other list that gets done right away no matter what. It's like it doesn't matter what comes their way. They can seem to get it done. They say there's no time, but yet that list always is done. And then there's the other list that every excuse comes in the world to, to put it off. The reality is you don't want to do that list. You want to do the other list. There's something about the first list you're getting done. That's why you can get it done no matter what the situation. But there's stuff about the other list you keep putting it off because you don't want to deal with it for some reason. And so, so, that's like listening and talking in the culture. I thought it's really quick for everyone to, to tell you what they think and to, to, to say something and to try to contribute, even when they shouldn't. People feel like they got to contribute. But how many enjoy listening? Like how many actually enjoy it? Like they, they make time to listen in their life. Like maybe it's podcasts. Maybe it's uh, audio Bible. Maybe it's uh, sermons online. Like, like they're listening first because they've learned to slow it down because they're seeing fruit come from something that before when they already had the answer and they came into God's house looking for affirmation instead of understanding, they kept circling the mountain anyway because they're never picking up nothing new. 
If you come in wearing your scholarly degrees, God can't teach you. We call that a Pharisee in the Bible. God wants to strip it down and remind yourself that everybody's human and everybody has to grow to tomorrow, no matter where you're starting at. And so that's what listening does. It slows down the assumption. It slows down the judgments. Can I get an amen? Whoa, that was a good one. Somebody's feeling this today. Good. We can be so quick to just let it fly, baby. In the car especially. People are courageous behind the wheel. Even my neighbors, well, I talked about that one last week. I'm not salty about it. I won't mention it again. (laughs) It's a choice. We have this, I don't want to say problem. We have this situation at home. It's called having children. Just kidding, not having the children. It's a situation with the children, specifically my seven-year-old. I won't say Kale's by name. (laughs) That's her nickname. We have this thing. Oh, Jinx, there she is. Hey, babe, I'm not talking about you right now. Mm-mm, not talking about you. Mm-mm. We have this thing where my kids never stop talking. We got five. Even Camilla's joining the train. And I love them to death. But, like, we'll drive home from out of town, and you get out the car, and, you know, you're a little brain foggy from driving. And it's just like a, it's like a never-ending circle of, hey, Dad, hey, bleep, 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 dad, you, yeah. somebody's fighting, somebody's bleeding, somebody's punching, somebody's... Like, it doesn't matter. we got two boys. They, they get a little more physical. Um, the, the, the girls are fighting. Like, there's something, and then someone's always telling little 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 C, little C, my, my seven-year-old, almost eight, hey, girl, love you. We have this thing where she just keeps talking even when you tell her to wait. And um, I have this thing now where I'm purposely cutting them off to see if they can stop themselves from continuing. It's not working, but I'm trying. And so we have this thing. She'd be like, hey, Dad, I'll be like, one second. She'd be like, but Dad, did I said, what? I won't even give back English at that point. It's just body language because I'm not willing to invest more because I seized the conversation in my mind, but the, the, the talk is still coming. And I'm like, it's like, it's like a verbal ninja thing. I don't know. There's hand signs. There's, there's noises. But... The, the thing keeps coming. And I finally said, what do you not understand about stopping and waiting to tell me until I say it's okay? Is anybody else a dad in here or a mom? I know you don't think I'm crazy right now. You're amen in that. Yeah. So all you have more than five, whew, God bless your hearts. But I love... I love them interacting, but my brain shuts down in certain moments. So I got to, wait, I'm juggling dynamite. Wait, don't tell me about what they said to you again. I'm juggling dynamite. If I drop one, Nate, the bomb goes up. Doesn't matter. Whatever. So we're really working on pausing our speak and waiting and looking looking at the room when you're in it. I mean, act your age, seven-year-old. You know, like, like, look at the room. I tell Camilla to act her age. I know, it's weird. She's one. And she does. She acts her age. Yeah. You know? So this starts at home. This is practical knowledge, guys. It's a practical application. God's Word's so good. It doesn't have to be super fancy and spiritual to impact your everyday life. It's not meant to be. 
That's why God impacted the disciples so strongly, the ones who had the simple life, because they didn't let their knowledge block their hearing. Who came to God the quickest? Was it the Pharisees? No, it was the fishermen. No, it was the tax collector. It was the normal everyday people because they could hear him better, so they heard him quicker because they weren't spewing uh, law at them. They weren't spewing Old Testament at him, condemning him, talking above him, telling Jesus why he's wrong, when in their heart they already knew he was the prophesied Messiah. But their mouths were ahead of their hearts. And a lot of them, after his crucifixion and resurrection, actually became disciples. It just took longer because they were too busy telling God why he was wrong instead of seeing why he was right by hearing God's prophecy come to pass. So it's no different today. I know that sounds fancy and old and robe wearing and sandal flipping and sand tossing, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, that's applicable today. If you don't hear God in your walk, slow down. Maybe I'm talking too much. Like, this is me at home. Maybe I'm talking too much. And so that, that whole thing about, like, those to-do lists, that's just an illustration to say there's some things you want to know, and there's some things you don't really want to know. And until you don't want to know, Nothing will change. And that's just the reality of it. And we're living in a very politically correct world where no one wants to know that they don't know something and that they should. And so no one wants to be told that they can improve. And so then we, 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 we water down the ability to react to anything with discernment because we have no defense because we're not used to even discerning anything. That's, that's like, that's like, the, 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 it's like we're, it's like the Israelites are coming back around the mountain generation after generation. God says, find the promised land. If you zip and hear it, you can get it on the first try. The first try. Can't do well if we don't listen first. We want to achieve, but we don't want to listen. We want to talk. We want to tell. That's all good. And we want to hear it. But God wants to hear it after you've heard him. So it's relevant. How can we understand what we can't hear? We can't. This gets really deep here. Because when you see like the power of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, they spoke what they heard. And anybody that's been spirit-filled, you're speaking what you're hearing, and you don't even know it. It's because you can't speak what you can't hear. It doesn't mean you can even understand what you're speaking, but you can hear it right, so then you can speak it right. And that, that, that don't happen to people if they don't ever hear. So you got to be willing to listen and ask God to take what's subconsciously carried as a burden and bring it to the conscious fruition so that you can see God is doing something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that in a minute. God told me something really cool this morning, and I haven't heard from him in a while. So this was a good one. Well, that's how it feels. See how I do that? There's sometimes I don't even notice, and there's sometimes I really notice. And today, God showed me something really cool. I'm going to come back to that. But let's look at verses 23 through 24 real quick again. He says, anyone who listens to the word, this is James, the half-brother of Christ speaking. Anybody that listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror, and then after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. How many got ready for church today? Or how many just magically appeared? When you got ready, did you look in a mirror? Did you immediately forget, my hair looks like that? 
No. He thought, I don't like that. I better brush something. Right? You remembered, therefore you, you fixed it. Some of us, some of us thought we fixed it. It still don't look good, but you know what I'm saying. You looked with intention. It's not like you walk past the mirror and you're like, whoa, I need to get a comb. It's like I'm going to church today. I better look in the mirror and make sure I got my clothes on because that would not be good. And make sure I'm brushing my hair because that would not be good. And then I'm going to get my child ready because if they came in their diaper sagging and they walked, walked out all ashy like my, my Camilla when she first wakes up, that would not be good. And we don't want people to not come back because of an ashy one-and-a-half-year-old. We got to do it with intention. So everybody did that today, right? They got ready with intention. They looked in the mirror. So God says, James is saying, here, you can look in the mirror, but if you're not remembering even why you looked or even what, what you just saw, the word's not rooting. It's like you looked at it and said, hmm, I don't know what happened. Bye, I'm going to church. And some people don't own a mirror. And that's why they, I won't say look that way. I would never judge but the Bible says if you haven't even looked in the mirror, how do you know what you were even expecting to see? So, so some of y'all are like, I want to know more. This is how you go deeper. This is how God gets personal to you. We call him Jesus Christ on the cross for your name. Your name. He's on the cross for you. This is how, because when you look in the mirror, you start seeing something like, I don't, I don't necessarily like what I'm seeing on the inside. I'm talking about in the spirit. You look in the spirit. It's not what your hair looks like. I'm looking in the mirror of my heart and saying, what am I saying? What does it look like? I don't like that. But if I'm not willing to look, how do I expect God to show me something in the reflection? So that's what James is saying. He says, you want change? You want to look in the mirror. He says, you look in the mirror, but then you forget it. It's a two-step. You got to look, you got to retain it, and then you got to do something about it. Brush that thing. That's what he's saying, or you'll forget. It's deceptive. It's deceptive. If we're never willing to look, we can never see what we look like. This is what we look like. You thought it was with these. This is what we look like. What we look like is what comes out of our mouths. I know so many foul-mouthed Christians, it blows my mind. Well, I just don't see anything wrong with it. That's good. Glad, what you, glad that's what you think. Look in the mirror. Look at what it can do. Think about it. Think about the fruit it can produce around you. What kind of seed am I planting? I'm talking to myself. I used to have a, sailor, a sailor's vocabulary, but I was never in the Navy. If you know what I'm saying, Nate? <sighs> Nate, I bet you had a bad mouth because you were in the Navy. <laughs> That's my brother. We, we joke. We joke around. And he's like, yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. So did I. So did I. Because I didn't even look at what it sounded like until one day I heard it back. I heard it back. I'm like, That's me? That's what I sound like around other people? Man, I sound salty, negative, sarcastic, ignorant sometimes like a jerk, sometimes like other words that I would never say, but some of y'all could think of and be creative with this. I sound like that, but if I never looked in the mirror, I could have never heard it back to see how I really needed change. So you got to look. Touch your neighbor and say, you got to look. Look in the mirror. Make sure it's not one of those convex ones. They really mess things up. You remember like a Six Flags, you look in the mirror and you're like, whee, creepy looking. There's four of you. God intended it. 
what do we see? The Bible is the mirror. The Bible is the mirror. It's to reflect back to us correction we need to be the best we can be. So are we forgetting what we're even seeing on Sunday? And by Monday, we forget what it even looked like in the mirror. Because honestly, a lot of times I'm not really looking at the mirror. I'm just seeing the words. But when I start speaking what I'm seeing, the mirror starts rooting God's word in me. If you want to really change, speak God's word. You know why? Because when you start to speak it right, why is that? Because you're hearing it right. You want a double dose of Jesus? Read it and repeat it. I used to read the Bible so much at A.G. Edwards, 2004, circa, whatever. I'd be standing in the bathroom, rocking in the restroom, and the scriptures would be flowing through my head. I would read all day and do my job, of course. But I would just read, read, read. And it, it, it like then everywhere I went, it was just playing like a record through my head. And I thought, I'm starting to hear God more. It's because I would read it, I would repeat it, I would read it, I would repeat it. Now I'm planting, now I'm speaking, making everybody in the office uncomfortable. One of them that used to make fun of me until he got his own Bible finally because he didn't like it, that God was touching him because I was speaking what I was reading, and now you call it discipling. You see what's happening? That's how it works. That's why it works that way. We're not, we're not supposed to end it here. We started here. This is the start of the week, last time I checked. I used to say Sunday's the last day of the week. Michelle's like, no, it's actually the first day of the week. There's a reason God's Sabbath is on the first day, so you can take this and speak it into Monday to somebody else. You're not supposed to hold it. You're supposed to speak it. If you're holding, you're not planting. You're wasting seed. Y'all getting this? So if I can't hear it, I can't speak it. If I don't speak it, I'm not planting. If I'm not planting, I'm not a follower. Ouch. Ow. You may be pregnant, but doesn't mean you're walking out of that womb yet. A follower does it, takes it forward. Do the word, it said. Do it, it said. You can do it. You can and you shall and you should. It's the commandment of the Lord. If we avoid it, I used to be really good at avoiding confrontation. I would avoid it, therefore it doesn't exist. That's the devil's lie. If we avoid it and just say, well, it doesn't, doesn't exist as long as I avoid it, it's still there. The reality is, is if, if we avoid God, we can't let him correct our life into his purpose that we're, we're asking him to do and talking over him and speaking death. There's a reason Toby says speak life, because if we're speaking death with our words, we're talking over God. We're finishing his sentences, and we can't let something grow that we keep dumping Roundup on with our words. That's what we're doing. It's like, it's like a broken record. If I speak the things of this world to represent Jesus, I'm living out of alignment. They're contradictory. When the, when the pastor says the world, that means the things that are not of God. It doesn't mean the world's bad. It means the things of this world are a figurative term to mean the things that are not of God. Therefore, if I'm professing the things of the world and I'm speaking the, the darkness of the, of the language and I'm, I'm cursing people and I'm not blessing people and I'm kicking people and I'm not lifting them up, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not serving Jesus. That's how you know. Serve the widows. Speak life. 
So I want to share something really cool this morning that happened really early this morning. Has anybody ever had that moment, like, you know, when, like, you got to go to school, and it's like you're, you just woke up, and you got like, oh, I got to go to school today. I'm not saying church is like that for me. I'm saying, like, you know, Monday comes, and you've got, like, that adolescent feeling of anxiety, like, and then, and then you wake up to your conscious, and you have some coffee, and you're like, I'm, this is fine. But you first have that, like, you know, that bug in your stomach, like, I don't want to go. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's, it's like that subconscious state when you just woke up. You know, you're like a little more vulnerable. How many know what vulnerable is? I can't speak. Like when I'm fully awake, I'm hard as a rock. But when I first wake up, I'm back to that little kid who's soft and impressionable. That's what I'm talking about. That frame of mind, you're like not fully awake yet. And, And funny, that's when God speaks to me the most. And that's when I start to recall things I can't hear through the rest of the day. And I used to blame it on being busy. But what it really was, was I was speaking over my day as me instead of letting God make an impression. And so I found this morning I was praying different in that state than after the coffee. Because after the coffee, my mind's going. But when I'm in that state of fragileness with God, I'm able to actually ask him the right questions in prayer. And I'm actually able to discern, like, what do I really need to be talking to him about? Instead of the same old repeat prayer that I already asked for anyway, why do I keep telling him the same things? What, do I, what am I really seeking? And that's, that's what happened. And so what he told me in that is that that's, that's, that's what a pastor will call a burden. And so, like, when you feel called to do something, you feel this weight, and it feels negative, but it's actually a weight because God's calling you to do something, like when you plant a church. And so when you feel that in, in that moment, that's the burden of, of the tug. And this is really deep for some people. And some people, they're just going to like check out on this. But the three people that are ready for this, they're going to get this and understand that that tug that you're not feeling in your day-to-day except when you're in that fragile state is actually the calling. And when you're saying, God, answer this, that's what he's doing is when you feel that, you're not distracted because you're in the right state of mind to hear him right. And so then he's speaking it real clear and vivid. And so, so it was really, like, refreshing to me. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this, God? Do with this, God? He says, we got to take that subconscious impact of listening to our conscious day, to all day. What if we could listen like that all day? And that's, that's what feeding the word to you does. That's why later you'll be walking around the workplace and still be hearing the scripture when someone's saying, hey, Bob, have you tried the, the, co- the Ronico coffee today? It's a little cold. You're thinking about Matthew. That's what it will do to you. Has anybody ever been there? That's how you grow it. It doesn't happen by talking. It happens by listening. You're listening. Even when you're speaking, you're listening to God's word back double time. So I just wanted to bless you with that. And that's how God intended it. Because at the end of the day, you got to be shackled to something, and that's Jesus. You're bound to the blessing that only Jesus can give. You're not a slave to no one except righteousness in this walk. And to be a slave to righteousness is to be free of this world, and is to live in freedom. Come on, somebody. You want to be free? Then you got to get shackled to the king of kings. Because if you're not willing to be shackled and go everywhere he goes, even when the place doesn't feel good, you can't be be free of this life and free of the devil. And then you'll be able to laugh at the enemy because you go, you know what, devil? You lose in the end because God told me because I'm listening now. I'm listening. Touch your neighbor and say, are you listening? Are you thinking about 
what they said on social media. Are you listening or are you thinking about lunch? Are you listening? Are you still thinking about what they said? What they said is occupying your mind. You know what? They said it, but you're supposed to be listening to what he's saying. Get that junk out. That's what the devil wants. If it's not you talking too much, he wants you to keep playing everybody around you's voices so you still can't hear God. Whatever he can do to keep you from listening is what the enemy will try to do. If he wants to distract you with the, the news, whatever, you got to get to that quiet time and hear God first, and then you'll see real change. You can clap for that. You want to see change? Do my word, says the Lord. Do God's will with intent. With intent. Blessing comes from doing, which births something. Doing comes from thinking, which leads to speaking, which leads to doing. I got baptized in the water because I'm doing what the Word spoke. I'm doing something with this. That's why we do it. I want to hit one more verse here. Verse 25, if we could put that up. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed in what they do. Whoever looks intently, it's like laser focus into the perfect law. That's the word that gives freedom. The word gives freedom and continues in it. Let's do something with it. Not forgetting what they have seen in the mirror, but what they have heard is by seeing and doing it. That means I'm retaining what I saw in the mirror and I'm taking it in tomorrow. And I don't have to forget what I saw in the mirror because I heard it right. I saw it right. But doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Freedom is the doorway of doing. Y'all can stand this morning, get some blood flowing. Freedom is the doorway of doing. I just want to be free of this addiction. Then do this. I just want to be free of this toxic environment. Then do this word. Freedom knows I'm only shackled to my Savior. That's the only bondage in my life is being shackled to my Savior, which is righteousness. As I speak it right, God's Word manifests on a whole new level. So I want to leave you with this. Some of you came in trying to figure out if you're like me. I was the most ADD churchgoer on the planet. That's why we couldn't call it three seeds. We had to call it one seed because I just couldn't handle anything more than that. I'd be thinking about something else like guitars or worship music. or something. I would just drift. But if you came in today, forget the name on the church. This is God's house. And we want you to be part of our church. But at the end of the day, you got to leave with something that's changing your heart in tomorrow. So you got to step back and say, what am I doing to hear God? What am I doing to even try to hear? Do I read my Bible? Never. Do I pray? Never. Do I listen to anything that comes from the Word? Never. Okay, today's a good day to start something. 
I'm not saying you got to be preaching. Just be, be, be asking God to give you something so you could be starting a devotional in the YouVersion Bible app. In fact, 1C Church has some of those. For five years, we've had our own devotionals in the Bible app because we're trying to reach people. We're trying to reach people. We've got a Roku channel because we're trying to reach people. we got all this stuff out there because we're trying to reach people because at the end of the day, they may not even be in St. Louis, but they want to, we want them to take a seed with them and do something with it. That's what this is about. I love y'all, but I don't need this. I desire this. I desire this for God's people. We as the church desire change for God's lost sheep. That's why we do it. We don't do it to be selfish. We do it to give it away. I don't need to keep it. My house is full. My store's so full, I can't even keep track of what I got. I need to clean the thing out. And that's why God said, take it, give it. So when you hear it and you speak it, guess what you're doing? You're taking and you're giving, and you're changing someone's life that you don't even know about. You can do that. That's how you can start. You can bless somebody tomorrow at work. Just say, Jesus loves you. You can even say, you know, I know people say that, but Jesus really loves you. And that's it. So if you ever want to know more, just, you know, I just, I don't know the Bible that well, but I know Jesus loves me. So if he loves me, he's got to love you. Like you could just say that and walk out. That's discipling. That's where fruit comes. That's where hearing gets clearer. The more you speak his word, the more you hear him clearer. It's good. How many know it's good? We can do this. You want to see these church, this seats filled? When we double up, triple up these seats, speak his word to somebody. They need it. They're starving for his word, and the pastor can't do it. Everybody's got to do it together. We got to speak his word if you want to see it grow. It don't grow itself. Come on, somebody. This is our mission. We're on a mission. This ain't a Sunday church going experience. This is a mission. We're changing the world. We're changing the world. Let's worship.